0: Hello and welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by industry icon and the founder of By Terry, Terry de Gunsberg. Terry de Gunsberg tells me that the rose is in her DNA. Terry's earliest memorable connection to beauty is her grandmother's homemade rose water, Terry herself spent her childhood applying rose petals to her cheeks to mimic the effect of blush, and today the rose sits at the heart of one of her most iconic beauty creations, Bomb de Rose. In her very early 20s, during a seasonal break between leaving medical school and commencing art school, Terry decided to take a four-week course in cosmetics as nothing more than a creative outlet – In week four of that course, in a moment of both desperation and serendipity, Terry was sent to a Vogue Paris photo shoot when no other makeup artist was available. It was on that day that Terry decided her future was in beauty. In 1985, Terry was approached by a man she describes as her hero, Yves Saint Laurent, and became the brand's creative director of beauty. It was here that Terry created a product that quite literally changed the way countless products were designed and used thereafter, a product that none of her colleagues wanted to launch, and a product that she spent three years convincing them was worth their time to In 1998, Terry created her own business, a line of couture made-to-order cosmetics, and opened a boutique in Paris. Demand was overwhelming and waiting lists were years long. So she expanded and developed that line into the brand we now know as By Terry. In this conversation, Terry shares the mistake that led to the creation of the now iconic Bomba de Rose, how she developed the first ever skincare in powder form and the ways in which the beauty industry has changed since her time working with Linda Evangelista Kate Moss and Guy Bourdin. I understand that you were raised in France, your family having fled ah. Egypt around 1956. I would love to start at the very very beginning. What is your earliest memory of beauty?
1: So, yeah, you know, I, I uh, was born in uh, Cairo, but my parents were uh, French, uh, British. They were there during the Suez uh, Canal, and we ha- they had a very European uh, uh, lifestyle, but also with all this Oriental uh, uh, feeling and spirit. And... The house of my grandmother were, was surrounded by flowers, by roses, jasmine, uh, oranges, uh, orange trees, and she used to do her own uh, rose water, and wow. to use it, she had a room, and she used to do her own water distillation, I don't, I don't know how to say it, and she had her Uh, water uh, uh, flower waters Mm. homemade and I think that was my first connection to cosmetic and at that time long time ago more than 60 years uh, it was the the um, botanical trend before the botanic trend you know it was very organic homemade and my first connection to beauty or to cosmetics or to scent definitely was from rose water because my mother and that is a secret from mother to to daughter is to uh, bay uh, uh, to add rose water and uh, or orange blossom water in the bath for a baby, for a newborn, and definitely rose scent and rose element component are in my, in my DNA. I believe that.
0: How incredible that the rose is such a memory for you, and now the rose is sort of at the center of your most popular or one of your most popular lines of products. Which, of course, we will talk more about. But it's a bit full circle. It is, you know, I believe. In truth, I believe in
1: genuine uh, uh, things and uh, la vérité, we say in French. When you do say things with your conscience, with your heart, with your deep beliefs, and in what you have, your own spirit, genuinely, it becomes success. I really believe in that. You can't cheat too much you know mm. in life that is my philosophy you have it has to be almost 95% of real, of truth of depth and the rest can be marketing but not the not the, the opposite so yes rose rose is in my dna i love the flower I, I got, you know, we will talk about that later, but it's very, very uh, fundamental in my life.
0: You come from a family of scientists, your father a scientist, several of your uncles were doctors and in cosmeceuticals, but what did you want to be when you grew up? I understand that you did go to medical school, but when you were a child, what did you think that you would be when you grew up?
1: To be honest, I wanted to be a doctor, but also I wanted to be a gardener. I wanted to be a cook. Yeah. I wanted every day I wanted to be something else. And all those passions are still in my life. I love to cook, I love gardening, and I wanted to be an architect. So and I love building things, interior designing things, but I started my medical stud, uh, studies because not because of the science side of of those studies but because really I it's I have I deeply need to take care of other people mm. it's really something that is important for me when I was a child I I was very young and uh, I was always taking care of all the people around me. I, don't, I don't know, but that was what I wanted to do when I started my medical. Because I wanted to be, if I had finished, I had been a, a certainly a psychiatric. You yes, say that yeah. Psychiatric because because I really like to share and to to share what i know my expertise my experience and also take care of people it's very important i think people are the the assets of our
0: life so you did go to medical school was beauty in the back of your mind at all during that time always because you know it was uh, in the
1: in the seventies, uh, and uh, yes, for sure, it was the beginning of all these uh, new lines, Mary Quant, all those new colors. And I was a teenager, used to go to London, uh, Carnaby Street, to discover all these bohemian sh- uh, style. And uh, yes, yes, I was a, I was eight. Uh, definitely, when I was a, a, a teenager, uh, I was very, very attracted by uh, cosmetics, by color. I I loved to wear makeup. But from the beginning, even when, when I was a child, I loved transport transforming the face with color, with texture. My mother always told me that I, when I was three years old, I used to take petal, rose petals. And glue them on my cheek, wow. pretending I'm wearing blush. Taking geranium, you say geranium, yes. petals, and glue them on my nails to pretend I have nail polish. I was maybe three or five, and I, I always like to transform the things and features
0: So it was at the age of 20 that you left your medical studies behind and you enrolled in art college, but it was in the weeks before your new course started that you took a short course, and that really changed the entire course of your life. What can you tell me about that time?
1: It was like diving in a dreamy ocean. Yeah, I had like... Let's say two 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 months, and I took four weeks uh, of uh, makeup skincare, you know, to become a beauty beautician. Mm-hmm. And uh, at Carita School, at that time, it was the mecca of schools to 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 be the the most efficient. And they, they were very. And I learned there for four weeks the basic. Things. It wasn't to become a, a, a beautician or makeup artist, but just to uh, for my own for my own uh, pleasure and for my own, you know, a creative outlet. Yeah, yeah, creativity. Mm-hmm. It was like some, some how you go to a, a flower flourishing school to learn how to make bouquet or. Painting on porcelain for me it was the same journey because I always love cosmetic texture. My father is a pharmacist and he always taught us how to create uh, uh, creams, cologne with uh, essential uh, uh, oils from because we used to spend our summer in south of France. So that was in my in my childhood. Uh, 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 education so I wanted to go further just for four weeks and I dis and that was a change of my life it was definitely a, a, a love at first sight and it changed
0: my life completely so when you enrolled in that course that was with Maria and Rosie Carita as you mentioned you really had no intention of turning it into a career it was really just going to be a few weeks of fun And then off you would go to school.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And uh, go back to university. And uh, of course, because I come from a very, you know, educated family. Hmm. And it was a nonsense not to do university. Uh, So, uh, and it was also my parents are very, very open mind. And my father said, you know what, when I came and I said, you know what, that will be my life. I want to become a makeup artist. I want to devote my life to color, to texture, to science behind the cosmetics, to do to do makeup for for women to for magazine. That I want to become a makeup artist, not a doctor nor not nor not an, arch, an architect and my father said, fair enough, but be sure that you will work enough." and strong enough to give the best of what you can give and to try to be the best in your new
0: life. So, And here you are. Speaking of giving your all and being the best, it was only a few weeks into that course that you were sent along to a photo shoot for Vogue, no less. This is not some amateur shoot. This is Vogue. Was that the moment that made you say, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life?
1: Definitely and not because mm. I was totally unconscious. I, they sent me, Maria Carita sent me to Vogue, not because I was the best one. It's because none of her uh, uh, senior makeup artists were available. It was a reshoot It was not only French Vogue, but it was the most important issue of the year, the Haute Couture issue. Oh, my. So it's like the American Vogue September issue, Mm. the most important one, and they needed to reshoot a few pages. And it was Saturday night because we were shooting during the night and nobody was here. And by chance it's really it's like you know god get put me on that uh, way i just pass in front of her and and she said don't move and she said yes i'm i will send you someone and she said you are going uh, now don't leave take i will take your box of makeup of color and i have none box of color makeup she prepared one for me and she sent me there, you, you will do the makeup for a photo shoot, and I swear it, at that time, I even didn't know that it was a whole crew behind a photo. You know, I come from mm-hmm. a completely different background. I didn't know. It was, you know, the information wasn't like today with Instagram, social medias, you know, everything instantly. It wasn't the same. So I didn't know that it was like a crew of hairdresser, makeup parties, assistant, stylist. So I went there and I said, but I don't know how to do it. And Maria Carita gave me the best how to advice in mm-hmm. life. Don't say you don't know how to do it before you experience doing it. Then you will see if you know how to do it or not. And uh, and I did it. I did what, what I knew. I was very good in makeup, in very elegant, simple thing, texture. At that time, no makeup, makeup. It, we're talking about something 40 years ago. No
0: Photoshop. Yes. I was just thinking that. It's not as though they can put it through the computer and retouch it has to be perfect from the first gesture for the first application and also you
1: know the photographers Guy Bourdin, Helmut Newton, Sarah Moon, Dominique they were so demanding and for the good reason nothing was artificial you couldn't edit a picture the light had to be perfect the makeup the hair everything had to be perfect
0: I often think about the lighting. That's that is the element that gets me because now, of course, the things you can do in post production are endless. But then you had to have exactly the lighting that you wanted in the finished shoot there in front of you.
1: Absolutely, and there were you had to send the the bobina. I don't know how you say it, the bobina. The, the film, Yeah. The negative to the lab to wait for the proof and to continue to adjust. It was a big, it's like a big production. It was amazing. And from that time, I learned the science of uh, perfection, not perfection to get perfect beauty, but perfection of application, of layering, of texture, the science of texture of make it visible but invisible, make it very, very structured but shaped but also extremely respectful for the feature because it was like a team production and all was devoted to the image, to the photo.
0: You have shared a few pieces of wisdom in there, but what were some more of the lessons that you learned when your career in beauty was really in its infancy that you find that you are still applying to your work today?
1: That the next step is the most important step. Don't look back around what you've done, but think about what you can do better and perform so it's not in unsatisfaction, it's provoke your own creativity and your own uh, uh, um, reflection and your own uh, knowledge to perform better and to, uh, because that's why uh, when the journalist compared me to Steve Jobs, you yes. know, because the iPhone has you know it's something that everyone can use, and the all the science behind it's it's not the cost consumer uh, 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 you know uh, 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 they don't have to 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 know uh, what is the science behind and that is also what I learned also is less is more if it's better to wear less to get more luminosity, glow, personality, style than getting uh, 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 more because it's trendy. You saw it on an image or Instagram and also cultivate your own style. It's better. It's, it's much more important than being a beauty victim, as I say. Mm. But keep your mind open to newness to and try. And that I learned from my career. It's always newness. I have to keep my eyes and my brain open for newness, but not just to make it new, but to make it uh, adv- advanced, to give more Technology more, uh, and not technology to get technology. It's technology to to make uh, a woman or man today life easier and more performing. You know, for with makeup Mm -hmm. and beauty, because at the end, beauty, it's and and makeup and skincare. It just to make you feel better with yourself.
0: Absolutely. It was in 1985 that you were approached by Yves Saint Laurent to become their creative director of beauty. Now this is a very broad question, but what do you think that it was about your approach to beauty that appealed to the House of YSL? And also what was it about the Yves Saint Laurent ethos that resonated with you
1: with my first with Yves Saint Laurent with my first salary at Carita the first thing i bought is a Yves Saint Laurent jacket mm. because i i loved Yves Saint Laurent creation he was my hero and i bought the jacket and and also a piece of art then what I think there were, you know, I was uh, uh, a renewed makeup artist and I had this uh, this uh, trademark of being very creative and extremely elegant. And I, uh, not myself, but my what I was doing. And I think that interested Yves Saint Laurent. And also I had that capacity to create completely unwearable colors but make them wearable for everyday not only for makeup parties and uh, and uh, behind the scene you know but for every woman and that was something very important because they started not with me the the makeup line with very bright colors very they duplicated the color from the couture but no one could wear them mm. but the customers, the the women were collecting them, but no one could wear because the quality. And I think they, they, they were, at, uh, they called me because they knew uh, I I had that uh, touch of science behind my uh, applica- my creativity, and I knew how to elaborate products and also how to apply them and also how to advise. Mm. real women, not top models, how to wear them and to give them the results of uh, makeup parties without being a, a makeup artist. But, you know, all that is still my philosophy today yeah. with my Terry.
0: The quote that you cited earlier, that was the Wall Street Journal who called you the Steve Jobs of beauty as you've historically been so far ahead of your time, thanks largely to the inception of Touche Cla in 1992. Now we hear, in beauty especially, we hear words like cult and icon thrown around a bit, but I read a definition of what it means to create a truly cult product. I think this is Sally Hughes that's attributed to, saying that a truly iconic product has to have changed how countless beauty products were designed and used thereafter. And that is precisely what Touchekla did. What was the space that you had hoped to fill with that product? Because selfishly I would love to hear more about it, because this was truly <laughs> one of, truly one of the first beauty products that I fell in love with.
1: You know, Gemma, it's exactly, I, I don't want to make any advertising for Saint Laurent, but this is part of my, uh, it's part of the story. It's part of the story. And as I say, it's my Nobel Prize, you <laughs> know, and you know, by the way, it's in the museum, it's in the MoMA Museum in New York. They mm-hmm. have uh, design and uh, in the design uh, department, they have, uh, Touche Eclat, and they named me. I didn't know. friend of mine said, you know what? You are the moma with your Touche It was exactly what you said. What I created that, it was the duplication, exact duplication of what I was, and also a mistake. I will tell you more about that. The duplication of what I used to do to and that was my secret weapon for a a photo shoot. I used to mix a drop of moisturizer cream, drop of toner and a drop of very, very light foundation, mix it with a brush and apply it in all the shades, you know, in the, in the Mm. curve and in all the shade in the, and adapt it very quickly, even on top of powder. And suddenly, it adds a lot of luminosity and éclat. Éclat in French means radiance, means glow. And I really invented that word in the cosmetic industry. Radiance, we were talking about coverage. In 92, we were talking about coverage, perfection, mattity, uh, even not dewy, uh, that's all. But the the concept of enlightening, of uh, 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 radiance, of glow, did not exist. Mm. So I really, I'm very proud that in, I invented that and and I transform it in my own line with Light Expert. It's a yes. jumbo size of Touche with the exact amount of products with a click. It's like the iPhone 15 that not exist yet compared to the iPhone One. So my idea was to do that and to duplicate that liquid, lightly coverage, a full of lighting, enlightening pigments not uh, 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 shiny, not iridescent. And the. I worked on the texture, and I wanted like a small bottle, and I applied with a brush, because that was also my trademark. I was applying all the products, foundation, concealer, with flat brushes, mm-hmm. and not with sponges. And 40 years ago, it was really something very innovative. And a supplier came. I was developing for Yves Saint Laurent a gloss with this click pen. It was in the box, and suddenly I took that. And I said, "What is that? What is that?" And I said, "Oh no, this is not for you. We're still working on it. It's uh, it's uh, in process, in development process. It's and I said, but it's wonderful." Can we put something inside? And they said, yes, we don't know. And we tried the process of putting Mm -hmm. the right texture in the right container with a click and the brush. So that was a story link. You know, when you are an innovator, when you are a creator, sometimes you don't know that is in your brain and When you are a true innovator is when you have this capacity in one second to make all things together and to direct people to help you uh, bring it to a reality.
0: Given that you had created something so new. Gemma. Oh, yes. Sorry, excuse me. I wanted to add. And you said that
1: was your first connection to cosmetic. That was also what I wanted Mm. to do. And what I still want to do with By Terry, I want to the very first consumer, 12-year-old or later, go to a very good products. And also my mother, who is almost 19, can use it. Mm. So it's
0: uh, all purpose for everybody. Yeah, it really was the first product that I, and I am not just saying this, that I felt connected to which for people that don't love beauty it won't make a lot of sense but I think I might have been about 18 and I was first starting to really fall in love with beauty as opposed to just slapping on whatever the girls in my class were wearing and what was cool at the time it was the first product that I had really saved up for and read about and yeah it sparked something and you know the click was
1: always very important in my, because in my, in my uh, career and my, in my uh, innovative process, because in a click, you save the products very safe in the mm. bottle. You click the right amount, and that's why we have Light Expert. We have the new concealer, which is more a skincare We'll talk maybe about that. The Hyaluronic Hydra Concealer. It's all about a click. We have the click pen, the click rouge for the lipstick mm. because it's you don't have to think about how much you dispense with. It's automatically done. So I always have that in my, in my mind when I create new products.
0: Well, what I wanted to ask you about was being first to market. What was the response like? Immediately upon that launch? Were people receptive or did it take a bit of time for them to understand what you for created? Yves Saint Laurent? For for, for, for Touch because they'd never seen anything like it, it.
1: It was instantly a huge success. There were in the company none none of the management believe in the products. It took me three years to convince them to launch. And suddenly I became the head of marketing development. And I thanks to Pierre Berger and Yves Saint Laurent, because before it was belongs to a pharmaceutical company, none believe in this so new things. And Pierre Berger told me, I, he, he said, "Okay, I'll give you the the keys of the department, but it has to be successful because you are not, you know, you are out of the uh, uh, rails to be the the head of this kind of uh, big big challenge. But I will give it to you, but you have to be successful." I said, "You know what? I think I have this, the 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 success weapon." In my, nobody wants to launch it. I said, "Okay, do it," and I launched it with no advertising budget, nothing. Wow! And it and it became such as after three days they went out out of stock, and to manufacture it was very new also for the producer mm. for the manufacturer. It took so much time, so it was that that were uh, waiting list for two months and there was pre-sold for i don't know how many units wow. and uh, the customer were buying it by 2 by 3 to be sure to have them and you know it was exactly the same with my bomb de rose when i launched mm. bomb de rose i won- it's became the- we were out of stock victim of our success and we had to produce and we had to build something very special to produce those natural waxes, butter of roses. So it's uh, sometimes you have to, even if you don't know really how to dive, you have to make your diving and you always discover something. It was in
0: 1998, speaking of discovering things, that you launched your own line, of course, by Terry. Now, if research serves me, these were not products that you could just purchase off the shelf at this point. These were made-to-order couture cosmetics. Why was that? What did you feel was missing from the existing cosmetics offering?
1: In the beginning of 2000, it was like the beginning of mastige, you know, the mm-hmm. link of prestige line and mass market line. And the very high, to be honest, this couture, this couture concept, haute couleur, I wanted to launch with Saint Laurent, but I knew that Saint Laurent was about to retire. Mm. And Pierre Berger, who was the head of and also Saint Laurent partner, business partner, partner in life, told me, Terry, I think you should do that. For you, if you want, because Eve Laurent will retire uh, soon, and it's it's it won't it's not relevant. So, I wanted to upgrade the level of luxury in cosmetic. I wanted to bring this ultimate service of having your own texture your own color exactly as you have and also to emphasize my creativity with doing what what i have in my brain like couture nothing created or any compromise with business approach if it doesn't sell doesn't sell if it's you know to be provocative to be neutral to be all white like in couture but also as a head of cosmetic at Saint Laurent, I knew was what was the limit in investing in the mm. best pigments, in the best component, in the best ingredients, and in as all in all the industry, there is different level of qualities in ingredients, in pigments, in uh, soft focus, in all of that. You have very, very expensive and very approachable and even very low uh, uh, cost and they they okay. But you know, it's like in Couture, silk, you can have the wonderful silk from Christian Dior and the silk for Mm H&M, it's silk, but it's not the same quality. So I wanted to reconnect to high and the ultimate quality possible with no question of cost of good, means the cost of the products, and no question of how much we will sell and how many customers we will have. And that is still the basics, element, and philosophy of By Terry. It's the same ingredients, of course, upgraded because we have much new ingre- uh, 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 you know new uh, pigments in the in the industry. But uh, we always choose, and we have exclusive pigments. We have exclusive soft focus. We have exclusive uh, uh, self adapting uh, things that we uh, uh, p- pigments that we have in all our foundation to make it like uh, a soft focus camera, Mm. instantly uh, uh, matchable to your skin tone and under skin tone. All that make what I think it's luxury. So that's what I, it is what I wanted to do. And also I had all those customers desperately uh, wanted to get the lipstick, the Revlon lipstick was discontinued for 10 years and they're wearing like a toxic, even toxic formula, but they love the color. And we had to duplicate the color with the fitting, and they had the fitting, they got their sample, they tried their sample, and they say, Yes, this I like, this I don't like, this, this is better. And it was a whole process. It's like having your own brand for yourself, your own, own company. Wow.
0: So at what point did you begin to expand and develop the line into the By Terry brand that we know now?
1: Because my
0: customer, we
1: were, you know, it was like the life, uh uh, Hermès bag, we couldn't get new customer. Our waiting list was uh, for two years and it was crazy. And the customer were desperate to get this quality of products. And I started my new pro- uh, production with one product called Eclat de Teint, which is now the Eclat Opulent and mm-hmm. also the hybrid of CC Serum. You know, yes. that was the first products we had on the shelf and it was always out of stock because it was something very very new and I started like that and then with lipstick because I liked my lipstick and the color, the nude and the red. I had like 30 maybe even 50 shade of reds. So they loved it and I tried with very simple things like that and Then in 2000, uh, I don't remember when, I was approached by um, 2001, yes, at uh, Le Printemps department store in Paris to open a beautiful shop in the shop. And uh, that was my first experience out of my boutique in the Galerie Vérodas that we still have and still doing with the palette factory that you have at makea cosmetica uh, the same process of doing your own colors and uh, i was approached at that time and i said okay but i want to keep my dna i don't want to uh, lose my uh, my spirit and what and my uh, my own uh, you know, uh, rules and uh, and say, okay, do whatever. And we had a beautiful, it was like a, a, a living room in a department store in 2001, it was very, very, very new. And that was the beginning of the bacteria that you have today everywhere. But it's very important to understand, Jenna that it's all the products that you're buying, even the, if they're affordable, are based on the same philosophy and duty of using la crème de la crème of the ingredients and quality.
0: Let's talk about some of those products. Given your reputation for being such an innovator, it would be remiss of me not to touch on some of the icons, the Hero 5, if you will. I would love to start with one we touched on earlier, Bomb de Rose, launched in 2004, as I particularly enjoy... The story behind this one. That is, uh, uh, I, there is many, many, many stories. <laughs> but
1: it was also, you know, all the success usually are mistakes or non-anticipating things. That was the base for a lip gloss mm-hmm. that we had, uh, La Clevre. Sointense intense, means a very intensive uh, uh, colored lip balm. And I saw the part, and it's always like that. When I go, I love to work in the lab with my scientists, and I love to be with them to share. And they came with an uncolored version, and I test the version and say, it's amazing. It's great. Why we're not using it? As a lip balm and they said because oh they couldn't do also with the color because the color crystallized the texture Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I said okay take off the pigment and I tried that uncolored texture and say it's an amazing balm and said but it will cost so much because the formula is so rich. And with so much uh, 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 natural ingredients, that was from the beginning, because you have to know that natural ingredients were always very important for me. Mm. And, uh, and uh, with all this rose wax butter, rose, wax, uh, uh, rose essential oils, different oils, ceramics, anti-aging properties, protective properties uh the oil like it's uh, we have like essence it's it's make like a rose milk it's something very and we to to blend it we had to build special palms and you have to build from one side and from the other side it's like a cream it's like a recipe something very very special and we said okay let's do it and we put like 400 or 500 units in my boutique mm-hmm. and they called all our customers and in two days it were it, it uh, they were all sold out and it's so it's it became exactly as to cla. and they you know I gave that this uh, milky finish to make it also as the first infused non-makeup makeup makeup, skincare infused non-makeup makeup makeup. but it was a really skincare and at the end i i used to apply it and instead of rinsing my fingers i just put it on my cuticles and it saves my cuticle yeah and it's great
0: Another selection from that Hero 5 is the Hyaluronic Hydra Powder, which is another one we've touched on. I have a few questions about this product. Firstly, what is it specifically about this powder that is so revolutionary? I use it myself and I generally don't like powders, but this powder...
1: It's exactly what you said. I hate powders. (laughs) I hate powder and I cre- I this is the powder the invisible the uncolored and the color range and now the compact mm. and the compact palettes that are the powder for whom hates powder like me and it's more let's think about the first ever skincare products in a mattifying way. It's hyaluronic acid because you have to know that hyaluronic acid exists in different uh, uh, way. Powder, liquid, gel, uh, uh, you can dispense it in oil, microsphere, and the microsphere make the powder with a very, very clean and vegan also support the silicia it's all silicium i don't know how you say in, in english but it's a very simple product made with a lot of hyaluronic acid in a dry form microsphere but that dry form in contact with your own skin suddenly you say inflate by one thousand take your own water, create like a shield of your own hydration and maintain your hydration into your skin. So it's from your skin, you create your own protecting shields with this mattifying microsphere, which are not any powders. So it's the first ever skincare in a powder form so that makes a huge difference that's why you it's like you give billion of airbags mm. on your skin It recreate an invisible mattress of of hydration but you can't feel it when you apply it it's like virtual silk it's like a virtual texture it's mattified but in the same time it's keep your hydration into your skin and create that chill that maintain the hydration and eliminate the evaporation because during the day your skin evaporates mm. your own hydration.
0: That powder, the first incarnation of it was the beginning of your hyaluronic range which has since become – The most popular range across the Bytary portfolio. I find this concept of ranges particularly interesting. How do you go about turning one product, be that the Hydra Powder or even Bomb de Rose, because that has spurred a larger collection? How do you go about turning one product into a full range of products?
1: Because that is my innovative and creative process and capacities. Mm -hmm. Because from one idea that comes suddenly, I think about range and not just to sell more products, if how may I introduce this innovation to please customer who wants get color, but with the same texture because I saw them sometime mixing my powder with, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, another from another brand powder to get that, that, it break the formula. You know, and for example, for skincare, sometimes it's, you, you uh, destroy the efficiency and the benefits of your cream if you use I contour for another brand because sometimes mm. the, the ingredients are not compatible and can be against its other and ruin all the benefits. And that is my science, my scientific side, you know, because I, I'm studying, I'm still studying a lot, spending 80% of my time doing research, And with university, we think to understand, and that came to the hyaluronic, the new global face cream that contains eight hyaluronic molecules in three different sizes, which is enormous. It's like a patented Mm -hmm. uh, um, complex, and it's enormous. I learned that from the studies, from the uh, pharmaceutical, uh, uh, you know, hyaluronic and from the beauty uh, doctor, you know, the, the um, inject, uh, how do you, yeah? The injection?
0: Injectables, yeah.
1: Yeah, injectable. That the different sizes. And I said, why we can't, can we do that? I said, can we do that in a cream? Can you do, can we do that? in skincare and it took with my Korean lab that is that that the best it took five years only to get they came with five hyaluronic and I said but I know there is more we can maybe we can mix these there are three sizes of of uh, hyaluronic acid extremely large for an immediate like the one that we have in the powder for an immediate hydration and keep the lack of uh, and to uh, avoid evaporating evaporation medium size to in to keep the water in and to also plump the skin in the medium layer and tiny to penetrate deeply and to create like a remnant and a reservoir of hydration and all that for Deep hydration, plumping, uh, rejuvenating, hi- uh, really, and also we think to the niacinamide and mm. to the, the other ingredients. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. To keep that nourishing, but in a gel, because to penetrate it's in a water gel texture, but very, very nourishing also. And uh, and uh, it's it's all about science. So it came for one ingredient. It bring me the curiosity to go and ask if there is more size, different sizes. What can we do? It's all uh, 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 research. It's all about research.
0: That product development process. Do you begin with? an idea? Do you begin with a look that you're hoping to create? Do you begin with a beauty pain point that you're wanting to address? How does that process actually start? Because I often think of Ombre Blackstar, which is one of my all-time favorite products across any category, in that it has completely changed and transformed the way that I apply my own eye makeup But was that your specific goal when you started creating that product?
1: Absolutely, yes, Gemma. But you know what? Start first uh, is—it's like for what's what's bring uh, start for the chicken or the egg. (laughs) I never know, but it always comes. Yes, from my brain, because when I see something, for example, Ombré Black Star. You know what is Black Star? Is the radiant of a real Tahitian pearl mm. why it's so amazing why it's a, because they, it exists a lot of this kind of pen for the eyelids you know uh, stays and but none had the same quality because of the ingredients real Tahitian pearl micronized in powder to give this hue of of uh, radiant and multi reflection of non color but colored reflection when you look at the brown pearl black pearl it's not flat it's gave different rosy golden white bluish reflection that is a science of light and i we micronized those Tahitian Pearl to get not only the the vitamin C, the anti-aging, this refined, and it brings us the ability to have the finest quality of creamy eyeshadow that is totally mistake-proof. I wanted an eyeshadow that is compatible for very, very young uh, eyelids to extremely old one with a lot of wrinkle with, usually they hate iridescent, but yeah. that kind of optical correction, it's like line-free and make the eyelid much better. And I wanted a line-free, uh, extreme, a stay-on, but with no the harsh of the stay-on ingredients that make the the... Mm. The eye eyeshadow a little bit could be irritating this dimension of luxury with real Tahitian black pearls and, and also those uh, this hue of color that and mystic proof it's so important for me it's like with a powder it's like with everything choosing your color I want that part of the process for each custom and headache to become you know because my pigments are self-adapting. You know it or not, it will take in few seconds, blah, 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 even if you, you, Gemma, is using a dark color of your skin, it will look dark, it's not mm. your color, but it won't look fake. It will look like a sun kiss on your skin with the right color of your own melanin because it's all this process and that is luxury. That make bacteria so different.
0: I do just think you're a genius.
1: I don't know but I love to do things like that and it's for the it's for the benefit of my my uh, ladies and men also.
0: You were the makeup artist for Linda Evangelista's very first photo shoot. You've worked with Kate Moss, with Naomi Campbell both at the height of their careers. This was really the supermodel era. I would love to know in what ways have you seen the global attitude and I suppose approach to makeup change since that time and then in any ways has it remained the same
1: I worked with all the top model the the stars of the 90s 20,000, because you know as being with uh, with Saint Laurent yeah, of course they all worked for, for him, Carla Bruni, and we became friends. It was like a big family because it was it's not you know, it changed. Let's say it was like a profession. It was mm-hmm. like a profession and we were all professional. It didn't start randomly like that. Now with the social medias, with YouTube, any beautiful, smart talented girl can pretend being a top model. And I think it's great. It's dangerous, but it's all it's dangerous for a generation yes. because it's very I think because I'm a grandmother, you know, I have daughters, I'm grandmother also, I think it's dangerous because it's not real life. Those girls had to work very hardly. And I remember flying to Hong Kong with Linda, arriving and doing on the, and to Los Angeles to shoot her first campaign for Yves Saint Laurent. We had to be on set three hours, a long fly, uh, uh, you know, uh, jet lag and everything. And that was a lot, a lot of work. Today, you can have a background, an iPhone, all the edits, you know, all the filters, all that, and pretend being TikTok, all those things, being, and you become a star. Mm. You have all those, and you are a star. I don't know if it's for a good, but as a positive person, I don't want to say it's for a negative uh, uh, perspective because... I have to say any talented girl who knows how to apply makeup and some of them are much better than makeup art, professional makeup artists can express themselves and maybe one day create makeup line and it could happen because everything is open. The industry is open, the customers open that and why not? You see, Mm. again, it's based on reality. That is Reality, you don't have now, as in my, it's in the past, to have portfolio, to go to agency, to beg photographer, to uh, do a, a, a photo shoot with you, or to be if you are not and and lose your life chasing success that you would never. You can be the the protagonist of your
0: own success. I think looking at it that way is a really positive way to look at it. So those are some of the changes that we have seen. What changes do you think that we can expect to see from the beauty industry in the coming few years?
1: Clean, vegan, respectful for the planet and not as a marketing trend and to Mm. sell more, to make it as a duty and I believe that it will be delisted. A lot of, of uh, bad uh, component ingredient were delisted and we were not using them anyway. But clean in the 360 degree of the proposal. And maybe, and I'm fighting with my team, maybe to understand that luxury, it's not Overlayer packaging, and if it's overlayer packaging, it has to be recycled, it has to be, you know, and to make like a statement that what is it in the jar is most important than what is out of the jar. And it's a whole education, and that will be the new philosophy. That definitely, and we work on that. My global face cream is in a luxurious spot, but not with gold, not with all this. It's a clean, it's vegan, recyclable, and that will be that has to be the statement of the cosmetic and industry. Respect the skin, respect the style, respect women and men, respect the planet and first respect the planet because in if we are not respecting the planet what is the way to give beauty to your skin if if the next generation if my grand grand grandchildren we would would suffocate in the planet because nobody's taking care of the planet but i hate all this marketing thing mm. that uh, but also clean vegan has to be efficient and You see, when I came with my Hyaluronic foundation, concealer, they're all clean, vegan. It's also very efficient. It has to be efficient.
0: My final question, what is next for By Terry?
1: In terms of... Uh, next season it will be all about rose and summer and, and also a new but very limited edition of Eclat Opulent Serum mm-hmm. Foundation we couldn't afford to make a big big ranch because the manufacturing of that and uh, it's too difficult so we will have very limited units it's going to be like the bingo foundation for mature skin and it's all about quality more infused uh color uh, uh, more infused skincare makeup products and it will be a lot of creativity and um more and more and definitely uh we will surprise you with uh with uh hyaluronic uh products and uh you know what? I want to surprise myself. If I surprise myself day after day, I will surprise you.
0: That was Terry de Gunsberg, founder of By Terry, which you can find on Instagram at By Terry Official. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.